0: You are listening to the Mortgage Impact Podcast. My name is Jen Bates, the communications manager for Movement Mortgage. And today we continue our series with Barry Habib of MBS Highway. In this episode, I sit down with Ryan Hills, one of our market leaders in the Pacific Northwest, and Barry to talk post-election MBS Highway. What should we be paying attention to? What are the potential new policies we have to look forward to? And what are Barry's predictions for the future? A lot to break down in this episode, a little longer than normal, because let's face it, there was a lot to talk about. Hope you enjoy. I think this is, I'm starting this early, mainly Barry and Ryan, because it just worked on huh. Facebook. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that is the biggest, that is the biggest Step accomplishment. On. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another On Deck with Barry Habib. I'm Jen Bates, joined by Ryan Hills and Barry Habib. We're talking about MBS Highway and looking at that post-election, and also the news yesterday, post-vaccine potential news for COVID-19, where there was a lot of craziness in the market. It's gained about 9% in the last six days. Market uh, closing up here in the next three minutes. But Ryan, start us off, man. This is a, this is a lot going on.
1: But Jay, we're also gonna mention how handsome Ryan looked today.
0: So. Oh, oh. We we're also mentioning how handsome Ryan looked today.
1: That's right.
2: My self-esteem is low and apparently this is helping to uh, bring it up. So I appreciate that, guys. Barry, brother, let's talk, man, because right before I left to jump on live with you, we were beneath the 100-day average. So let's talk about yesterday's volatility. Do we think this is going to continue or is this like a one and done, you know, a reaction just to yesterday's vaccine? Give us some insight to what we can expect now moving forward.
1: So volatility is going to still be here for a while. Uh, It's really muted because the Fed's buying so much. So Mm -hmm. imagine if the Fed wasn't buying, how much volatility there'd be. So you have about 231 shots on goal, meaning there are so many different companies and so many different vaccines that are out there. There are a lot of weapons against COVID now. Unfortunately, we still have some time before we'll be in the clear, but it does appear now with Pfizer's announcement yesterday with 90% efficacy. And this is mRNA, which is messenger RNA, which quickly works to tell your cells to attack Um, the, the, the virus where you can get on top of the spike protein where it attaches and prevent it from entering the cell. So it's really effective. It appears to be safe. This looks like we're going to be seeing more and more of this end of first quarter, second quarter. At the same time, you've got probably in the next week, some news from Moderna on their interim trials. I anticipate similar good news, but there are so many others that are out there. Remember we talked about far UVC, which normally UVC rays are harmful, but within the spectrum of 205 to 222 not harmful to humans, but it kills bacteria, it kills viruses, kills COVID, kills flu as you breathe it out. The Miami Dolphins have it in their locker room, but it's really expensive. Remember when it was like $20,000 for a flat screen TV? Now it's $300. Bucks. This will be the biggest breakthrough. We will have this all over. You'll have it in your living room. We'll have it so people can come see Rock of Ages. You're going to have it in movie theaters, restaurants, offices. It's going to be great, but probably not something that will happen until maybe 2022 Um, maybe towards the end of next year. But it does appear we're going to have some ammunition. You know, we've got these cocktails also. So all these things are good. And as far as the stock market goes, look, the stock market's been on a tear. It is a little pricey right now, but there are no alternatives. That's T-I-N-A, Tina, there is no alternative. <laughs> so when we look at what's going on in the stock market, a bit of that is being pumped up, but you know, you see how quickly things can change. Sometimes prices come back to reality. Zoom was approaching $600 and that was about 400 times sales. Price to earnings ratios, which means earnings, forget earnings, sales. So you get the next 400 yields of sales that people were buying, <laughs> uh, didn't really make sense. That's come down to earth quickly, as you could see now under $400. I think it's still pricey there as the stay-at-home stocks have been hurt. Look, uh, the bottom line here is you've gotta be careful in what you invest in right now, right? You, you just have to be careful because you, know, you could still make some capital appreciation on bonds, but it appears in the short term. Remember, we talked about this last couple of times we were on. We said, what's right. gonna happen? You heard me say this. You said, you got demand here, you got supply here. It's gonna give you a little inflation. Rates are gonna rise. We're experiencing that right now. And while next year everybody thinks rates are going up, They may for a period of time, but they're going to cycle back down because all of this enormous debt that we talked about. And that will weigh on the economy, weigh on growth, weigh on inflation, technology to keep inflation down. You're going to get a resurgence in lower interest rates.
2: Got you. Let's stay there, Jim. We might have to go long, but cut us off if we do, because there's so much relevant information to talk about.
0: There's a lot to go on. Like you said, like, let's just go, man.
2: Let's just go. (laughs) Get the hook out, proverbial hook, if if we go too long. Okay, just let me know. But let's stay there. One thing you taught me years ago, Barry, is that markets love predictability, hate volatility. We had it yesterday, right? And, And, you know, one thing that we are unclear on is the Senate. And so it sounds like the market originally actually liked Biden winning with GOP keeping Senate because it's kind of gridlocked and that is leads to more predictability. So uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Because I know the LO's watching, they wanna know a couple of things. What, what's gonna happen with the rates? And then what are the changes, which I'm gonna get to in a second with you moving forward with the, with the Biden presidency. So,
1: so talk about so, that. The, so first of all, listen, anytime you talk politics, people get very sensitive and very emotional. So I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to sure. so we just say that up front. So listen, if I say something, I'm sorry, I don't mean to do it, okay? Um, then please let's just desensitize ourselves just a second here so we can have a discussion. Um, It appears that the media has called Biden as president. I am not making any calls here. I'm not saying that he is, he isn't. I'm saying that's what the media is saying. So let's for a minute, let's go on that. Um, So Biden does have some plans that he wanted to do that were very aggressive on some changes to the tax tax structure. Income taxes, his proposal, which you could read online, wanted to raise the top level of income taxes by 2.6%. On top of that, another 6.2% over 400,000 which really, when you think about that, it's a pretty significant change, about 46% tax bracket on the top tax level. But in addition to that, companies would have had to pay another 6.2%. So it gets a little expensive there. The markets would not have liked that. In addition, you get capital gains, which would go from its current top level of 23.8%. Some people think it's 20% It's not, it's 23.8%. And then that would go also to about 46%. Markets wouldn't like that. When you take a look at the estate taxes, the estate tax, Level of about eleven and a half million dollars for each individual would have been cut pretty much in half. Markets wouldn't like that. In order for Biden to have done this, would have needed control of the House, which he has. Right, right. The presidency and control of the Senate. Correct. I'm going to say something else here. It appears. It appears that the GOP will still control the Senate. I don't know. I'm making not making calls. There's still some issues potentially in Georgia with two candidates. We don't know just yet. But it appears that, and that's what the market is anticipating. And that's why the market's responding pretty well to this, because that would not allow for these changes to go through. Every single estate planner out there has been going crazy because people are saying, oh, my gosh, I have to take advantage of this. So I have to set up my estate plan, which is a good idea to do. So anyway, but they were saying, transfer my assets out so I could still get this 11 and a half million per person or 23 million or so if you're married out of my estate now. Right. For wealthy families. But now it appears that there's at least a little bit of time before that has to take place because it looks like this will be preserved before it gets cut in half. Uh, So, so far, those are the changes that the market's saying, okay, we don't have those changes. We kind of like that. This is the market's response, not mine. And then in addition to that, the other thing that Biden wants to do and is still on the table is this $15,000 tax credit for purchasing a home. Now on the surface, who wouldn't want a tax credit for buying a home? It's so dangerous. And you've heard me talk about this. I've talked about this in the updates, but this is a really dangerous idea because we have history for this. I've shown the charts on this. Yep. When it happened in 2009 and expired in 2010, all it did was take people who were going to buy a home anyway, made them rush to buy a home. We were in a downward trending housing market and everybody rushed to buy a home. It pushed prices up, up, up. And then as soon as it expired in April 2010, home prices dropped by much more than the benefit of the taxes. So people, who used that tax credit lost a ton of money. Now in the long run, it came back, but it was proven to be a bad idea then. This time it'll be much worse because there's less inventory, much hotter housing market. Could you imagine if you've got this huge influx of people trying to buy homes that would have normally just bought it over time anyway, but now because of the rush, because of the deadline, prices will skyrocket, inventory is already depleted, and then after the rush is over, you can have this void and then prices will drop, people will be left holding the bag. And what looks like a good idea would be a dangerous one. Interestingly enough, today, the head of the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, Lawrence Yun, that normally said any benefit we get for hot taxes, that we love it, it. He said words of caution, which essentially right. was a cut and paste from what we've been saying. He took everything that I pretty much have said, and he pretty much copied and pasted and just said what I just told you, what I've been saying. He told everybody in the public that, and he's right. And I'm glad that he agrees with us.
2: Loan officers, you're going to have to rewind what Barry just said a few times because I promise you, you're going to be asked about this and you need to be educated on it. And this is another reason why you need MBS Highway because he talked about it this morning. He's been gracious enough to come on and just do a movement exclusive, which he just talked about it again. So I'm telling you, go back and watch this again because you're going to be asked about it with your clients and your realtors. And you need to be able to articulate why this is a good or a bad idea. So that I'm, I'm thankful, that was actually one of my questions Is hey, tell me why the home buying tax credit sounds like an amazing idea, but maybe maybe is not. So you already hit that. Um, any other rate outlook changes? Uh, you know, if Biden looks like this is gonna, and again, thank you for saying like, hey, we're not taking sides here. We're just talking about how this affects our industry and what we do every day. So uh, if everything moves forward, Biden moves forward, tell me how your thoughts on a rate outlook into 2021. Well, have a couple we hours seen ago, the lowest rates? Are we about to like do this long start, this March upward? Or do you think we get a second or third bite at the apple?
1: A couple of things on rates. Number one, I was a little disappointed today because we had a 10-year Treasury note auction a few hours ago, 1 p.m. Eastern time. That came in and that was really tepid. Now, why would it be so tepid for the demand when you consider that we have the highest yields? So if you're investing, you want a higher yield, right? right. Because first of all, you'll get more interest. And if yields drop, you get something called capital appreciation. If I've got something at, let's call it 96 basis points is where it went off at, and yields dropped to 75 basis points, I made a boatload of money. So why weren't investors thinking that? And why weren't they buying with both hands? Because the highest yield that we've had in the 10-year treasury in several months, in like five months, well, it's because many investors seem to think that yields have room to go higher. Now, there's a couple of different levels. There's around 1% is the next target, 1, 1.03% is where we see yields probably going because we did not have the demand we wanted. So I think short-term, we've got to be cautious. We've got to be careful. I think that yields might move up a little bit. And the reason why it's so much of, of interest to all of us is because currently, today, half of the mortgages out there are below 4%. Now, if you believe, like most of us believe, that an incentive discount for a consumer to want to refinance is about three quarters of a percent, that tells us that we lose half the, in the refi market. And it's pretty vast, but we lose half of it if rates go just from the current level up a little bit to three and a quarter. Half refis are gone. Wow. Which means that you really have to be good at doing debt consolidation loans. And you really have to be on that because that'll insulate you. you'll do so much business because what you have is you've got so much appreciation and equity. The average consumer has $177,000 of equity trapped in their home. And yet they've got all this debt. You can pay off their debt, reduce the term of their mortgage with a refi even if you take them to a higher rate. So rate becomes much less important if you're smart and you think about debt consolidation. Now, here's the other aspect of it you asked about where are we going to be next year. Next year, as we've been saying, we think rates cycle back down, even though the NBA says rates are going to go much. Everybody says rates are going to go up. And I'm I'm very comfortable being a lone wolf out there because that's normally <laughs> what I think. It's not your first time, bud. Not my first, not my <laughs> first time being there. I think they're all wrong and I think they're all wrong because they don't understand how debt impacts us. We've got $29 trillion of debt we're going to be in. We have 27 trillion now. We get another stimulus deal, 28, 29 trillion. It's an enormous amount of debt. That debt has to be serviced. We do not print money. We pay it back. We pay interest on our treasuries. So therefore we will have less dollars, less money that can be used to spur economic activity. And because of that, economic activity will slow that slows growth, that slows inflation, and technology, which is ever advancing, will also keep a lid on inflation because it makes things faster, cheaper to do. So therefore we will see inflation pressured lower, keep interest rates low. I think that interest rates will be very favorable next year, although in the interim, as we're saying, they go through a period of going up. But when we take the masks off, and it looks like, God willing, that might happen sometime mid next year, if we take the masks off, we start hugging each other, then what's gonna happen is, you're gonna probably see interest rates begin to come down, not go up because what you have now is you have more demand, less supply. That creates price inflation. And anybody who doesn't see the inflation because they look at the numbers like the CPI and the PCE and they're saying year over year inflation doesn't look bad. Don't look year over year, look at the last four months. In the last four months, the trajectory is much higher. And when you start looking, at they say, "Oh my gosh, that's what the smart money is looking at. That's what the bond markets looking at, and that's why yields have gone up." You've heard me talk about this since Labor Day. I said, "Notice what's happening here. People are adapting. Parking lots getting fuller. Aircrafts good." And yep. since that day, you've seen inflation start to heat up. Why? Demand's here. You've got 16 million people collecting some sort of unemployment benefits, either normal or pandemic unemployment assistance. I don't blame them for staying at home. There's a lot of reasons: child care, afraid of getting sick work that's not easy to do, whatever the reason is, you have this disparity. And now when we take the masks off, these people come back to work, prices come down, inflation comes down, rates come down. So when the masks come off, rates will start to come back down. I don't know if they get lower than where they are right now. I don't know. But they're going to be pretty darn close. We will have a really good rate environment. Real estate's going to remain on fire, by the way.
2: Barry, right, I wish you would think your through your answers a little bit more, like, just off the cuff answers aren't going to work anymore. Like you've got to put some some meat and potatoes behind. I'm kidding, man. What an amazing answer, uh, Jen. You said in the green room this is going to be fire, and it has not disappointed. Barry, I got another question, but I think we're out of time. Unless no, keep this.
0: going, dude. Keep it like, going, baby. This, this is too.
2: This this is a bonus too question. Barry. We got a bunch
0: is, of people watching right now. Like I okay. want to get them. I'm like wrapped with. I'm like yep. Yeah hmm. Yeah. This is one
2: you're going to have to go back and rewatch because there's just so much in there. And that's kind of very style. So I love it again. Thanks, Barry. So bonus question here about what's going to affect us moving forward. Our good friends, Frank and Brian talked about this today. And I'm kind of sneaking this one in thoughts on the CFPB and some of the changes that could be made if Biden goes in that could impact us.
1: Okay. So first of all, I got to say both of you guys do such a great job and I love working with both of you guys. And I just want to give a shout out to the movement family because that's what I consider you guys is my family You know, I love you guys. So, uh, so just a quick shout out to you guys. So, and, and I appreciate you saying thank you, but to me, this is a privilege to be with you all. You know that. So, uh, so I appreciate you guys, first of all, and taking the time out to do that with regards to the CFPB, you know, the regulatory side, um, you know, Frank and Brian, they do such a good job. Love those guys. Everybody should be watching their show. Um, they are probably better at this than I am, but I will tell you just in general terms that it would appear that if you look at the history of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and the way they have approached regulatory issues, there is a high likelihood that the CFPB will gain authority. And we know that uh, you know, under the Obama administration, the CFPB was something that you know was on the minds of everyone. And if you think about it in the last few years, it really has not been center stage as it was for right. many years under the Obama administration. So I would imagine that it's a safe assumption to presume that the CFPB would gain authority and would become a greater concern. I think that adds cost because exactly right. You know, yep. Now you think about where our focus is. Our focus is, you know, sales and getting transactions through and What's our focus right now? How are we going to get all these business business through the door and get this closed, right? So it's it's customer service. It's getting the transactions done. You add that element of now regulatory issues. I, I, I'm not going to criticize or whatever, but the fact of the matter is the greater the compliance hurdles to overcome, the more it slows down the system and the greater the cost eventually to the consumer. So 100% right. add a layer of cost to interest rates. It will slow down the process. And it will be something that, you know, if you look at the CFPB's unchecked authority, you know, what do they say about ultimate power? It corrupts uh, absolute power, corrupts absolutely. Absolutely. Let me get that quote right. Um, It appeared to have done that right under Richard Corduroy, where um, there were just shakedowns going on with the CFPB. And those are not my words. That's what everybody was talking Mm -hmm. about in in the industry. So do we get there? I hope to goodness not, I hope we learn lessons. That's the thing like with this tax credit, when we look at things that occur, and you say, you know, even with the tax hikes, just look at the 1930s. The Great Recession became the Great Depression in the 1930s. Why? Because they raised taxes. I think that history does not always repeat itself. But as Mark Twain said, it tends to rhyme. And the lessons that we can learn from by just looking at history may allow us to make better decisions going forward. Let's yep. hope we do that. There's uh, right, an interesting
0: Oh, sorry. I was piggybacking yep. off of something and try to yep. ask an educated question here because, <laughs> uh, somewhat similar to CFPB, we talk about um, Fannie and Freddie try to exit conservatorship when we had mm. the adverse market fee that was implemented in order to get them some more capital raises. And Calabri has said that he wants to keep them on track for exiting conservatorship in the next couple of years. So, is is that something that also might be factored in? Because right now, Calabri is there till 2024 as is. But is that something that could be a change here pretty soon, too?
1: So I've had several personal conversations with Mark Calabria. And and the thing of it is, is that exiting conservatorship would then put Fannie and Freddie in a position where you would not necessarily have the implicit guarantee. That layer of, uh, of guarantee now is helping interest rates probably improve by about an eighth of a percent in rate. So exiting conservatorship would have an impact. Would it be a horrible impact? No, but every eighth of a percent means that less people tend to qualify for a mortgage. So it's just it's just a factor in the marketplace that uh, that would be not as favorable. And and look, we've talked about this. BS adverse market fee. I mean, well, adverse market. Fannie and Freddie pulling more money than they ever have. Exactly. What's adverse about the market? Okay, we know it's just BS. <laughs> we yeah. know it's just a way to just gouge more money. And it's such a sin to do it in the face of what the Fed's doing, what taxpayers are doing, to try and re- stimulate this economy in the face of what's going on. And we know how much good we're doing by refinancing and helping people. It's just this is just an awful thing. And remember that point about how sensitive to the market is above three and a quarter. Half the refis go away. So when you start to see this adverse market fee, which adds a layer of interest rate on top of it. And look, when they give you this BS story about, oh, it's a half a point, that's five basis points here, nobody pays the half a point. And by the way, it's not an eighth for a half buy-up. They've already added a quarter percent to refinances, maybe more, maybe three eighths, because when you go above par, it's difficult to get those normal, what we used to call normal eighth for a half buy-ups.
2: Great question, man. I just want to thank you again. And I'll let Jen close us out. But guys, LOs, I know your time is valuable. Can you imagine what Barry's time is worth? And he's yeah. giving that to us. It, that's a gift to movement. And I thank yeah. you again for spending time with us, man.
1: Oh, Ryan, you do so much good. Well, you too, Jen, and, and all you guys out there in movement. I can't wait till I start coming around and seeing you guys again. I was, I was we come We're excited around.
0: to see you. Next time we can. Hey, really quickly, though, right before we leave, if Tomorrow's a federal holiday, but if people are gonna watch one thing, if our LOs are gonna watch one thing in the markets over the next couple of weeks that they really need to pay attention to, Barry, what's it gonna be?
1: They should read this. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally on my nightstand right now.
0: Nicely done. Hey, can I tell you,
1: thank thank you for all of you purchased the book because Amazon put it as their number one bestseller for new releases. So isn't that crazy? I never would have imagined that. And by the way, if you wanna see something really crazy and humbling for me, Go to Tony Robbins' Facebook page and look at the video he did about the book. He doesn't do this stuff, but That's look awesome. at what Tony said about the book. It's pretty cool.
2: Congrats, so, man. That's uh, awesome.
1: So, thank you to all of you who had looked at the book. I think you liked the book a lot, though. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's something uh, I'm really proud of. It'll help you through a tough time that we all, we all suffer. We all go through tough times. It'll help you. And if you get the wind at your back, you get those good times, help you maximize it. But most importantly, help you see the opportunities that everybody else is missing. It's a skill. It'll help you get the skill. Love
0: it. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of the day. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Mortgage Impact Podcast. Take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss any of our content. You can also check out the video version of our show on the Movement Mortgage YouTube channel. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This episode of the Mortgage Impact Podcast featured Movement Mortgage Loan Officer Ryan Hills, NMLS three three two three three six.